We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope capital campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. It's a wonderful sign that God is working in our church, right? A lot of places, this kind of thing is not happening. And so we give thanks to God for that. We thank you guys that you've had the courage. It's not easy to take those chances. And so the job of the congregation here is to pray with all of you and for you as you make your way closer to entrance to the church. Super powerful. Today, we begin Advent, right? That's the beginning of the new year in the church. And what I want to talk with you about today is story. A famous line, I've quoted it before, but repetition is the mother of learning. Uh, The beginning of Elie Wiesel's book, Night, which is about the Holocaust. Powerful, powerful book. Uh, He starts with two rabbis on the kind of the title page. And... It's not a joke. It always sounds like a joke anytime there's two rabbis, but it's not. But one of, the, one of the rabbis asks, why did God create man? And the other rabbi answers and he says, because he loves stories. Isn't that a great line? And that's why you and I love stories. Don't you just love a good story? I know parents, you have children, you say, you know, Dad, Mom, tell me a story. And, and maybe some of you have gotten really good at that. There's nothing better than a good story. And conversely, there's nothing worse than a bad story. So a good story, right? Well, what makes a story, let's just go to that. What makes a good story, the key, the key point to a good story is the plot. Right? That's the heart of a narrative, is the plot. And part of that plot is the sense of an ending. That the story's going somewhere. Right? And, and during those times in a story, whether it's a movie or a novel or whatever it might be, if the main character, if the protagonist has a sense that the story's going somewhere, they can face the struggle that all good stories have. Right? There has to be a, a battle. And that's true of your life. Right? Your life, you're going to have different battles, different struggles, different obstacles that you have to overcome. But that plot, both in story but in your life, you can go through the struggles, through the uh, difficulties, through the battle, if there's a point, if it's going somewhere. So like Gladiator, right? Best movie ever, right? And if, and if you don't believe me, I will fight you after Mass. Uh, and I will be Maximus, all right? You're, you're the... I'm not just but it's such a great movie, and what, part of what makes that movie so good, it's the plot. It's not the special effects. It's the story. And Maximus has great obstacles to overcome, but they're meaningful. And when you draw to the end of that movie, that ending to the movie, it draws the whole plot together. 
And imagine if that movie didn't, didn't resolve the issues that Maximus had. It would be a heartbreaking movie if that were the case. Good stories have good plots, and they have a, a tremendous ending that ties together the, the struggle and all the climaxes that protagonist has to go through. One of my favorite, if you've never read the Iliad, you have to read the Iliad. I thought it would be really hard. It's amazing. Our kids in our school read like excerpts from it, and they're, what grade is it? Like fifth grade, Rosemary? Middle school. It's a little older. It's a little violent. But they read excerpts of that, and I got to Lord's, and I was like, man, my like seventh graders are reading the Iliad. I'm like, I should read the Iliad. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's incredible. And that story, it has one of the best endings to a story in the history of humanity. And it, it shows you in story form what it means to be a human being. It shows you Achilles. It shows you his rage and the lack of humanity he has. Agamemnon is driven by power and pride and jealousy. And at the end of that story, you have the heroic King Priam. So powerful. And he knows that his city is doomed. He knows it. And his son Hector has been killed by Achilles. And Achilles will not bury him, which is for another sermon why he won't do that. But Priam, in the middle of the night, he leaves his city and he sneaks into the opposing camp and he begs the man who killed his son for his son's body. Incredible story. And there's an incredible resolution to it at the end in the last chapter of the Iliad. You and I were made for story because our lives are stories. Now think about a bad story. What if there were no ending, right? What if there were no conclusion, nothing that drew everything together? Remember Groundhog Day? Some of you like that movie, God Knows Why. <laughs> right? It is so painful. And there actually is a resolution, but it doesn't fit my homily very well, so we're going to leave it out. <laughs> but for most of the movie, it seems like there is no resolution. Right? Bill Murray wakes up every day, and it's Groundhog Day again. Day after day after day after day. And here's what I want you to see. Most of our culture, the people around you, and you and I are tempted to this. We are tempted to think that our story is Groundhog Day. Don't you feel that some days? You wake up and all right, one more day. Not much different from yesterday. One of my kids has the flu, maybe, and maybe traffic was a little better, a little worse. But it's one more day. Brothers and sisters, I have good news for you today. As always, right? Good news. Your story, the story of your life as a Christian, is not Groundhog Day. Your story has a conclusion. It has a goal. It's going somewhere. Your life has meaning and purpose and direction. 
And most people around us would kill to have what you have. Because your life has meaning. And that's good news. And that's what today's about. Now, when you, I always think when people come uh, to Advent, you know, I don't, I don't know if you think this. I told the last Mass. I think people just don't tell priests the truth very often. Um, but I don't know. It was like after I was asking some of the little kids after Mass, and I was like, Are you good? were you good in church? And I've never had a kid say no. You know, I'm like, you little liar. <laughs> I didn't really say that. But where was I going with that? No idea. No, but your, your life has meaning. And Advent, that's it. When we come to the first Sunday of Advent, what I always thought, maybe you came today and you thought, oh, it's Advent. The readings are all going to be about Bethlehem. And then, you know, I get up and I read the gospel, and Jesus says, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay. When people see these signs begin to happen, people will die of fright. And you're like, does Father Brian have the wrong reading? Advent is about, it means coming in Latin. Advenio in Latin means to come. Jesus comes twice in history. He came once at Bethlehem, and when we hit December 17th, we're going to start focusing on his first coming. But right now, the church wants you and I to remember that you and I know the end of the story, which is his second coming. And Jesus' second coming is when he will return to make all things as they should be. And isn't that good news? Your life is not just one day after another. You have an integral role in this world to prepare yourself and others for the day when Jesus Christ will return in glory to judge the living and the dead. Now, if you don't believe that, right? If, if people in the world who don't believe that, the natural thing that begins to happen is what Jesus warns against in our gospel. If there's no point, if the story's not going anywhere, it doesn't really matter what you do. And in Groundhog Day, Bill Murray figures that out. He realizes, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be today again. And so it doesn't matter what I do. I can do anything I want because tomorrow is just going to be just like today. And so he starts to engage in all kinds of immoral things. And eventually, it leads him to despair. And he actually attempts suicide over and over again in that movie. And it's good. It's a good story. It teaches us something, that if, if there's not a point, if we're not going somewhere, then your life doesn't matter. And so Jesus in the gospel today, he says this. He says, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation, dissipation, drunkenness, and the cares of life. If your life, if your story isn't going somewhere, if you don't have a purpose, if you're not living for him, 
not just for tomorrow, not just for your mortgage to be paid off, but for the end of the story that makes all things right. If you don't believe in that ending, you will be weighed down by dissipation. You might engage in drunkenness because you say there's no point in life's hard and there's a struggle, so I just want to check out. And, as Jesus says, right, thirdly, the cares of this life. And I want to focus on that last one. Jesus warns us against that. Christians are people who, what we have to do, brothers and sisters, we have to remember where we're going. And that's what the church wants to say to you this morning. Everybody else right now is drinking out of their Christmas cups at Starbucks. Right? I hate, no, I don't. I actually love Starbucks. It's not Christmas yet. And Advent is a time we remember the end of the story. As so Jesus says, though, if you forget that he's coming back, you're going to be weighed down by the anxieties of daily life. And that day will come upon you suddenly like a snare. And isn't that true? I know this is so true of my life. When I forget what really matters, the only reason I was created, I was created for one reason only. And it was to love God, to love him here in this life, and to enter into his kingdom in the next. And when I forget that, my anxieties about this parish become overwhelming. And they weigh down my heart. And I'm not as good of a Christian. But when I remember, right, I can let go of things. I can let go and I can say, yeah, I want things to go well. Lords, I want my homilies to be good. I want to be a good boss for my employees. I want to be a good father for my congregation. I want to do all these things well. But what really matters in the end the only thing that really matters is Jesus. That phrase, when the Lord talks about the anxieties that weigh us down, there's two earlier stories in Luke's gospel about that, where Jesus speaks very, very closely like he does today. The first one is Luke chapter 8, with the parable of the sower. And the sower goes out and he sows seed on different types of ground. I told the last Mass, Monsignor Glenn, his, like, one of his first homilies, he was always so proud of this, was the parable of the sower. And he was so happy because he came up with his intro was, he just he stood up and he looked at the congregation and said, well, what kind of dirt do you people think you are? And I'm like, you are the worst priest ever. But there's three types of soil. And the third type of soil, the seed falls in the soil. It starts to grow. That's like us. You're here at Mass. The Word of God has been sown into your heart and your soul and your mind. And it starts to grow. But Jesus says thorns grow up next to it and begin to choke the wheat so it doesn't bear fruit. And in Mark chapter 8, Jesus says those thorns our anxieties about daily life. Amen. My anxieties, and I have them. I'm not here to tell you I don't. 
But I know that my anxieties about daily life distract me from my heart being set on him. They're not even evil things. They're not bad things. But they're not first. The second time in Luke's gospel that Jesus talks very similarly to this is in the story in Luke chapter 10 of Mary and Martha. Right? Martha's doing good things, isn't she? She's a servant. She's doing great things. She's serving Jesus. She's serving the apostles and her sister. She's in the kitchen working. And Mary sits at Jesus' feet. And let's look at that really briefly. So in Luke 10, the end of the chapter, Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Martha was distracted with much serving. Distracted. Is your life distracting you from the only thing in the end that really matters? Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I prayed this morning on that to God about Father Mike. Do you not care that he has left me to serve alone? No, I didn't really. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, and hear this. This is a word spoken to me and to you. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious. You have anxiety. You are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion which shall not be taken from her. Advent is a time, brothers and sisters, where we remember that our story, not just the story of your career, not the story of your marriage, not the story of your children, but the story that contains all of those smaller stories has a very dramatic ending. And if you live for that, And if you remember that, you will become the person God created you to be. I want to leave you with this, back to our gospel. Jesus says, at that moment, men will be fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. One side note, this is how homilies get long. One side note on that, what's happening there? is creation is being undone. God creates the world in Genesis and he makes order. He takes chaos and he makes it and he vanquishes the chaos and he creates order. And sin, the sinfulness of humanity, what it does is it undoes creation and creates chaos. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And Jesus says the whole world will be terrified except for you. And this is my hope. When these things begin to take place, Look up and raise your heads. 
because your redemption is drawing near. When Christ returns, the world will remember that there is a God and they will know that they were supposed to live life a certain way. And they'll be terrified. But not you. Because you didn't forget. Because all through your life, you had a hope that Jesus would return. And you lived your life by that hope. That's what Advent's about. Jesus, I want to be ready when you come. And I don't want to fear your coming. Lord, I want to hope for your coming. I want to be one of those people who works with you so that everyone will hope for your coming. Everyone, every man, woman, and child on this earth, that they will know that their story has a purpose, it has a goal, it has an ending, and that you will return to make all things as they should be. Lord Jesus, take away our fear and take away our distraction. Take away my anxiety, Lord, about things that don't really matter. Jesus, empty us of fear. Fill us with hope. Lord, we await your return.